electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa, and this is Squawk Pod. Is this Twitter's fault in the first place? A polarized American public, activist employees, and Elon Musk's free speech tweets. Where in the world is our common ground? Host of How to Build a Happy Life podcast, writer for The Atlantic and professor at Harvard, Arthur Brooks. On Twitter, it looks like we all hate each other. We're ready for secession movements and civil war. It's not true. And it only becomes true if we believe the activist minority. And chess in Washington, union negotiations and averting a rail strike. Think if every time you did one a strike, you just passed a law against the strike. Then what is it? Then you're not really pro-union. So what did you think when Reagan did it? Wow. Now, wait a second. Hold on now. Plus, the latest on China's protests and prepping for a news-making interview. Andrew's sit-down with former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried. I hope that we can do this for the public's benefit so we can try to untangle so much of what has happened here. It's Wednesday, November 30th, and Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one. Cue it, please. Good morning. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We're live from the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is going to be joining us a little later this morning. That's ahead of today's Deal Book Conference, which features a lot of big guests, but it also includes an interview with embattled FTX founder Sam Bankman Fried. If you've seen any of the things he's been saying recently, who he's talked to, you got to figure that this is going to be must see. <laughs> This is a very interesting time with a guy who uh, seems like a, a bit of a wackadoodle, if you listen to any of the things he's been saying to this point. Well, that didn't occur to anyone before. Uh, completely out of touch with reality on some of these issues, uh, blaming everybody, trying to say that they would have been solvent if they hadn't filed for bankruptcy, ignoring the fact that he was basically committing fraud across the board. Um, but this is going to be really interesting to see. And it doesn't seem that crazy. What, what he's got lined up for. It doesn't seem that crazy when he admits that Everything that he did with ESG and virtue signaling was just that, that he didn't believe in any of it. And it was just to, to get the backing of, of people that were in positions of power that buy into all that, who also probably don't believe he, in know, it. He gave $40 million to Democratic candidates. And he gave to a lot of Republicans, too. And he said he gave to a lot of Republicans. But not as much. In dark, well, no, yeah. he apparently gave... He said he gave just as much in this most recent interview to, oh, yeah. to Republicans. He just did it in dark pools where it's not as easily traced. But he wanted the Democrats' donations to be public because he thinks the media would be kinder to him as a result. And this was the scene in China's uh, major manufacturing city of Guangzhou uh, last night, where uh, protesters clashed once again with hazmat-suited riot police. Demonstrations that come after 24 hours of relative calm following Sunday's widespread uh, protests over COVID lockdowns. And um, once again, we, I don't know, we're over here in our cushy little existence, you know, with our lattes and our 
you know, yoga classes. These are courageous people over there. That, and the, the, the courage that it would take to uh, knowing what's coming. And we talked about it in Makeup Vic. If you, if you were one of these protesters that, and heard that, I mean, I don't, I, it just, it, 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 it shakes me to my core that, you know, with their police state apparatus that they have combined with, you know, demanding to look at your phone to see where you've been and that that, that still goes on, uh, you, you got to hand, I mean, remember Tiananmen, you had to hand it to those the, courageous the, protesters. The standing in front of a tank. There was that guy standing in front of a tank. Yeah, and every time the tank tried to move around him, he'd step to the right, step to the left, I mean, and continue to center it, it, himself it, there. It, it, but, and it's, it's happening uh, again, and we're probably blacked out. Separately, uh, Zhang Zemin, the former president of China, has died. He led the communist country for a decade, starting in 1993. He won China's entry into the World Trade Organization in 2001, modernized Communist Party doctrine to embrace intellectuals and the emerging business elite. China's state news agency said Zemin died from leukemia and multiple organ failure. He was 96, and I guess he was subject to the term limits that were part of the reforms after in the post-Mao era, which are now just that. They were in the post-Mao era, but they're no longer there because we're back to uh, full uh, emperor status or dictator status, a, a third term. With Zemin, remember, um, China saw unbelievable economic growth. Their, their economy trebled under his watch on these things. And um, you know, just something to kind of look back, the opening of, of China, which we thought would continue, um, and has not, at least not recently. No. It's taken a, a different turn. Well, they, again, they just couple of great editorials today. I, I know I always say that, and Andrew rolls his eyes when I talk about the Wall Street Journal, but what was Xi Jinping thinking with zero COVID? We know what he was thinking all along with that policy. He knew the virus was never going to go away. He wanted to get to this point where he is now. Now, how do they change it? They, they start massaging the, the truth to where, oh, well, this new variant's not so bad. Maybe we can relax. So now they're going to be able to, to relax. They're still not going to bring in any of the West's much more effective uh, mRNA They They have vaccines. stepped up vaccinations of, of older people. people but people don't even want to get it because it's 50% effective, right. maybe. Right. It, we have, they have stepped them up. They've also apparently, in state-run media, been putting some stories suddenly talking about how some people have survived, miraculously survived getting COVID and coming back. Um, and as Eunice was telling us yesterday, they're claiming victory, potentially, I think these were the rumors that were out there that they could claim victory for saving six million people with COVID uh, yeah, right. to this point. Back here in the United States, we've got our own issues. Congressional leaders have agreed to head off a nationwide strike by railroad workers, promising to pass legislation quickly that would avert a work stoppage. Congress can intervene by using its power through the Constitution's Commerce Clause to pass legislation that would end a strike or a lockout and then set terms of the agreements between the unions and the carriers. Speaker Pelosi and Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said they believe the rail strike bill had the votes needed to pass in the House. We must avoid a strike. It's, uh, jobs will be lost, even union jobs will be lost. Water will not be safe. Product will not be going to market. It is, uh, we could lose 750,000 jobs, some of them union jobs. That must be avoided. So tomorrow morning in the House, we will bring up the legislation. This was in a negotiation that was selected by this administration. 
This was something that was celebrated by this administration that it was fixed. And now right before a holiday season, right when farmers need to ship their goods and others, we have to rush something to the floor. But the path in the Senate is uncertain as it takes only one objecting senator to hold up a bill through a filibuster. Senator Marco Rubio has already announced that he will oppose this bill and Senator Bernie Sanders called the lack of paid sick leave in this agreement outrageous. Some sick, sick leave, but I, I, for some reason I found myself on the side of, you know, I don't, I know. Of, of, of the unions, Bernie no. Rubio? It, yeah. Yeah. Initially, until I, I, then, but I've been talked, I see the, the, that, that it, it's four unions out, out of, or uh, out of what, how many, 12? 12. 12, yeah. It would, it would hurt a lot of, uh, of other rank-and-file uh, workers in, in the rest of the economy, but uh, my only thought was, okay, so if you believe in collective bargaining, you finally get a chance to, to you have the clout to maybe make up for years where you just felt like you weren't as appreciated as you should. And, you finally, and then the government steps in and says, oh, in this case, I'm the most pro-union president ever, but in this case, I'm going to pass a law that says that you can't... You, you You're talking can't. about a shutdown that would cost the U.S. I know, I know all that, I know. It's just, it, it's just the principle unions. And by the way, the, the agreement that they reached was already one that the White House had sat in on and... And, and said, 24%, right? But 24%, 24 raise over five years is but not... But 14% increase immediately, $1,000 right, payouts right. annually over the time of that. And look, you, I will also say that this is a problem with precision railroading. It's been building for years as Hunter Harrison and then everybody else in the industry picked up precision railroading. Uh, it's a more precise way of doing it, but they're using fewer people and the, the, the employees are, are left hanging because you don't know when you're going to be scheduled to go where. You know, you can't take a day to book a doctor's appointment. Right. That has been a big issue. But you're right. It was already ratified by eight other unions. It's a one-off. Involved uh, in this. If it's a one-off, fine. But think if every time you did one a strike, you just passed a law against the strike. Then what is it? Then you're not really pro-union. So not... what did you think when Reagan did it? Well, With now wait a second. Hold on now. Hold on. I mean, he has some good. Uh, no. That was uh, that. That uh, was the airway. No, normally I'm in that camp. Yeah. Normally I'm in the camp that if you I, know, I Patco, would say that this is this is something the White House, the admi this administration did not want to do. That's why they worked so hard to try and sit down and get an agreement. That, by the way, the le the leadership in the unions all signed off on. This was something that they couldn't get ratified down the road. So maybe there's a miscommunication between what the the workers on the line really wanted and what the union leadership was willing to agree to. Maybe should, they should have taken a, a, a smaller increase in pay in order to get more paid days off. And there's well, two votes that are coming in Congress. The first one's going to be whether you can shut down uh, the idea of a work stoppage. The second one's going to be whether you can automatically, the second one's going to be an up or down vote for seven additional sick days. So you might see this vote happen. I don't know what's going to happen on the second vote, but you could see them say you can't shut down, but we're going to give you seven more sick days. Right. The workers, uh, the, the deal does include a new day of unscheduled sick leave. And Only then one. it right. starts, and then it starts, paid sick leave starts as soon as four uh, sick days. So um, just looking at it, Pelosi and Schumer, uh, Speaker Pelosi and uh, Leader Schumer yesterday, they just look very, un <laughs> well, they look very comes, uncomfortable. This also comes as the railroads, as a result of precision railroading, have laid off lots of people. They got rid of something like 20,000 workers over the last several years. So it's job security on top of all those things, which is always key when you get into a union negotiation. Right. You know, you don't want to be obsolete. I guess. I guess I agree. Okay. Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, can we all just get along? 
Arthur Brooks of the How to Build a Happy Life podcast warns against going down the Twitter Elon Musk outrage rabbit hole. It's time for us to say I will not be conscripted into America's culture war. Squawk Pod will be right back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Here's Joe Kernan. Here's Mike Q. Elon Musk has stirred up his fair share of controversy since taking over Twitter, prompting some reportedly to steer away from Tesla. Case in point, Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano, she was on The View yesterday. Um, uh, join us now to tell us uh, whether consumers are choosing principles over product. What happened to climate change? Uh, or is this another example of cancel culture? Let's bring in Arthur Brooks, AEI president emeritus and Harvard professor. He's a contributor for The Atlantic and hosts the How to Build a Happy Life podcast. Thanks for joining us. The two sides, despite your efforts, they're getting they're further. They're getting further apart. I look at what they were talking about on the, view. <laughs> I mean, on the view yesterday, and I look at some of the interviews I did yesterday. We are so far apart on how we view the world. Uh, Arthur, it, is this Twitter's fault in the first place? Well, hey, Joe, I can just imagine you coming home from Squawk Box and just turn it on the view because that's how you like to spend the middle of your day, right? Yeah, you've Have seen a lunch. Clockwork Orange where yeah, they yeah. strap the guy <laughs> and, and hold over. No, I, I couldn't. Uh, it'd be worse than I, I, can't, I can't. I couldn't. I wouldn't. I would yeah. never. You know, the truth is what you're talking about here is just another example of the fact that activists are trying to bully companies, trying to bully citizens, trying to basically bring all of us into their culture war. And it's time for us to stand up. You know, I've talked about this now for the past six months because I've seen it increasingly. In the, and I travel around. I talk to CEOs all the time. And one of the things that we need to tell CEOs they're really not aware of, for example, at this point, and ordinary citizens as well. I mean, look, all the best CEOs in America are watching us right now. 3% of your employees are activists instead of working, and they're blowing up your Slack channel right now, demanding that you get involved in the culture war and make political statements. Don't do it. The rest of your employees are feeling bullied as well. Their coworkers are being bullied by these activists. It's time for us to say, I will not be conscripted into America's culture war. We're going to make good products. We're going to help people. We're going to lift each other up. And by the way, we don't hate each other in this country. I got the data, Joe. 93% of Americans say they hate how divided we become as a country. That other 7% who doesn't hate it, those are the activists saying if you buy a, if you buy a, a, a Tesla, it means that somehow you believe in hate speech. It's completely absurd and it's total bullying. And it, it, it's done with, without... And they're all on Twitter. 
It's total, it done with total impunity, too. People, I have never seen the Nazi word used so many times or white supremacists used so many times. If I defend uh, Elon Musk or free speech, that's what I start hearing. I go, when did I become a, a white supremacist? It's, 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 under the, it's not right. People should rein it in, but they're not going to. Well, we have to disregard it. The most important thing to keep in mind is that something like 15% uh, of Americans are actually involved on Twitter. A very small percentage of them are producing the overwhelming amount of tweets about politics, but it gets disproportionate coverage because it's so outrageous. This drives out the people that want to have ordinary so, conversations, talk about the news, have non-controversial opinions, meet their friends. And so the result is we have this kind of this kind of Gresham's law of good push of good being pushed out by there, the bad. There, there's so much grist for both sides. Let me just uh, talk about Tim Cook and, and Apple. And I express some dismay that two people I think very highly of Tim Cook and Elon Musk are, are apparently are they really at odds with each other? Or is this just more of, of the activists pushing the viewpoints of both sides? So at the same time, so I can see how uh, uh, Tim would be worried about advertisers appearing next to things on Twitter that might get through in an Elon Musk content moderation world. It might get through and Tim Cook wouldn't want it to be there. But then I also see that because of whatever financial concerns, Apple seems to appease the CCP at times. I don't know. They they made some move recently to, to uh, I don't know to, to disallow something that that played into the hands of censors. The whole over airdrop there. thing. Yeah, I what? know. I know. I heard about so, it too. Who knows? So, Who knows if it's even true? This is the key thing. If you're going to take your news from Twitter, you're basically getting your news from trolls. Watch Squawk Box and turn off the news after that. That's my recommendation to America. What should Elon Musk do? What, what is the, the, the line he should toe? And, and, and I also go back to when the left didn't really want to control everything that we saw. They used to, the ACLU used to march with very unsavory groups just to defend their ability to say what, what they were going to say. Now, they don't even, you know, it, it, no one on Twitter is saying you're going you're gonna to start blocking liberals. It's just not blocking conservatives yeah. that's gotten an entire group of people, their knickers are all twisted because you're not going to block conservatives anymore. Yeah, no, look, look, this is not just one side either, Joe. We have to recognize that that you're going to get canceled from your friends on the right unless you unless you, you you toe the line with the populist conservatives that are talking about how free trade is bad, how immigration is bad. I mean, look, it's insane. Yeah. Have yeah. your own views. And that's the point. Think for yourself. This is America. CEOs need to think for themselves. Or citizens do? need to think for themselves. What's allowed on on Twitter? And, and then you've got um, I, I mean, the, the Biden administration. They're going to watch closely on Twitter. What? So in the, in the, there was a time when they were watching closely and making sure that a Wuhan origination couldn't go on Twitter for, for COVID? No, we can't have that. that, that come Who did that benefit? Do people want to be able to control what's on Twitter, politicians, which is akin to what goes on in China? 
Yeah, no, that's it's obviously that was a huge mistake. I mean, Elon Musk is quite correctly trying to address the fact that there was too much censorship and it was all going almost completely for one political point of view. And he's trying to balance the equation. Other people are trying to make business decisions that make sense for their corporations and their bottom line. That's good. That's capitalism. Look, here's the key thing. Twitter's trying to build up this whole idea. There's a big you know, cage match going on between Elon Musk and Tim Cook. Those are really smart guys really running really, really good businesses. It's not going to happen. Don't fall for that. I mean, that's the most important thing for us to keep in mind. This is not, I mean, I guarantee you Tim Cook right now is not thinking, how am I going to get Elon Musk? He's not doing that. He's running a great company right now and he's doing it well. We need to actually move on from these ideas and not be bullied into taking some sort of side in the culture war. Look, I mean, here's the bottom line, Joe. Here's the most important thing for us to keep in mind. Look at the data on what Americans actually think, including the employees of all these corporations that are being manipulated into trying to take political stances. We don't hate our neighbors. We actually are very accepting of diverse points of view. The overwhelming majority of us want to live in harmony with people with whom we disagree. We love people with whom we disagree. We just had Thanksgiving with people with whom we disagree. Aunt Marge, we love her. She won't stop talking about Trump. It doesn't matter. That's the whole point. If we can keep that front and center, we've got a, a fighting chance of getting our country back. Tip and Reagan, I know. Uh, I, I'm trying to... I'm there with some people. It's weird uh, that, that I am there with, with, some, with some people. And if I like someone, we have to put aside uh, some of these disagreements, but I'm seeing it less and less, um, Arthur. You're, you're, you're still hopeful? You're not throwing oh. in the towel? Huh? No, and I'm, I'm, I'm at, very hopeful. Like, yeah, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. People are, I'm telling you, you went Joe. Right into, you went to Harvard, right into the belly of the beast to spew this, this stuff. I, and see, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, there's no use staying in an echo chamber and just talking to people who agree with you. I'm going to go and, and, and talk to people who disagree with me and hug them. And is you know what? Work? They're very good to me at Harvard because they want different points of view too. This is the point. You know, look, I get it. On Twitter, it looks like we all hate each other. We're ready for secession movements and civil war. It's not <laughs> true. And all it only right. becomes true if we believe the activist minority. All right. Where do you live? Don't I live in Needham, Massachusetts. So you're not in the People's Republic of Cambridge. So you, you no, moved no, no, out no. I live in Needham, okay. Massachusetts, which all is right. a great I town. I know outside. that area well. I know that area. It's all fantastic. right. Thanks. See ya. Thanks, Arthur. I'm following you with a camera. You head to Cambridge. Yeah. Next on Squawk Pod, Andrew Ross Sorkin checks in from the New York Times Dealbook Conference, where he'll be doing a headline-making interview with the former head of bankrupt exchange FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried. A lot of tough questions to be asked and hopefully answered about what happened there, accusations, of course, of fraud, misrepresentation, mismanagement. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC Live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan along with Becky Quick. Andrew will be joining us a little later ahead of uh, the big deal book conference. 
uh, which is today, comes around quickly. Uh, it just did the last one, which was a, a big deal. And this one features an interview with FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried. Uh, no limits, no, uh, Andrew can, I guarantee you, um, any question that needs to be asked is going to be asked. And uh, we can't I, wait. It's just going to be, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Can he still say, you know, I don't know about that. I, 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 I cannot, but the guy has so much hubris and yet he's so wacky that he's going to, he's going to, yeah. He's Andrew will pin him down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Andrew is standing by at the New York Times Dealbook Summit today. Andrew, good morning. It's good to see you. Good morning. This is always a huge lineup every time you do Dealbook, and this time is no exception. We can't wait to see what you have this morning. Thank you. Um, it's funny because you know, Dealbooks turns 21 years old uh, this year. Um, as you guys know, I started it in my pajamas back in the day when we were sending out the newsletter, in some cases by fax machine. Uh, today we have about a million people who get it every single morning. Uh, we've got a huge day ahead. We're going to be dipping in live right here on CNBC throughout the day, bringing you all the coverage. Let me give you a sense of what's on tap. Kicking things off, I'm going to be speaking with Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen here. And then later, we're going to talk to BlackRock CEO Larry Fink. Also on the deck, Amazon CEO Andy Jassy. So much to discuss with him, giving everything, taking, given everything that's going on uh, in tech, the layoffs, labor, and more. And then in the afternoon, we've all talked about the Netflix correction repeatedly. Well, the man himself, Netflix co-CEO uh, or co-founder, I should say, Reed Hastings. Um, and then, you know, we also talk about TikTok and all of the issues uh, with China and the security issues. Uh, the CEO is here. Uh, Shochu is going to be with us. We're also going to spend some time with Ben Affleck, who's starting a new movie studio and a lot, lot more. Mark Zuckerberg is going to spend some time with us as well. And then... At the end of the day, and this is the one uh, that I think a lot of people are waiting for, but also uh, has created a lot of controversy. I'm going to be speaking with FTX founder and former CEO Sam Bankman-Fried. It will be his first live interview since the company collapsed. A lot of tough questions to be asked and hopefully answered uh, about what happened there. Accusations, of course, of fraud, misrepresentation, mismanagement. And we're going to get into all of it. Nothing is off limits. Uh, and I should say, because I know there's been a lot of questions about it, uh, it is going to be live streamed for free. Uh, anybody can watch it. Uh, we are going to uh, be putting out a link as planned a little bit later today. And of course, all of this will be available on CNBC as well. So a big, big day ahead. Andrew, that's what we've been talking about earlier, this interview with Sam Bankman-Fried. I mean, this guy um, just seems wackier and wackier with stuff you read. I, I know you were going to hold him down on every single one of these issues that are out there. I can't wait to see it. And the criticism, Andrew, is innate. It's misplaced. If, if you go to interview John Wayne Gacy, are you uh, advocating for serial killers? I mean, of course you're going to. Didn't you go off to, uh, to, you've been to prisons to interview white collar criminals. Yep. You don't, what, you don't want to, oh no, you're, in, you're not endorsing or uh, enabling, it's already done, whatever this guy did. You're just trying to get to the bottom of it of, of this point. I don't understand the criticism. I don't understand it. You? Look, there are a lot of people who are uh, upset, rightly so. They have been hurt. Um, they have been injured. They have lost, in some cases, their entire uh, life savings. So and I understand that hurt. To, more and reason hope, to ask hope, him tough I questions. Hope, more I, reason. That's exactly right. And I hope, I hope that, that we can do this uh, for the public's benefit and for their benefit, uh, so we can try to uh, untangle uh, so much of what has happened here. Well, Andrew, we will be watching. Um, 
I know you will ask all these tough questions. and we We're not even sending you any, Andrew. We're not even yeah. sending you any. We know you got it. You got this. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> and you know that we will be watching that Sam Bankman-Fried interview and the rest of Andrew's Dealbook content so we can bring you the best of it all right here on Squawk Pod. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin, usually all together on weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. And if you follow Squawk Pod on your podcast app, you'll get all the hottest takes from our TV show right on your feed. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.